0: Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm really pumped to jump on the mic this week with Alex Plant. Alex is a dear friend who I had the pleasure of working Alongside with that Lululemon, we spent many hours on indoor spin bikes together, having fun, sweating. Yet what is so understated with this incredible human is that she's actually an engineer by education and dove into the space of material engineering and took that to organizations like Adidas and Lululemon. And Canada Goose, and she just has such a huge heart for the intersection of all things in our lives. I look at her as a leader for tough conversations, for understanding complex problems, for thinking about things that we just wouldn't necessarily think about. And I love that she does so with so much heart. We miss her on the West Coast. She's currently based in Toronto and has launched an innovation business that is supporting businesses with their innovation mindset and innovation execution. And I think that there is nothing better than bringing disruptive, innovative ideas to life. And Alex does that so well. I hope you enjoy this one. Hey Alex, welcome to the pod. Hi Steph, how's it going? Well, I'm really stoked to speak with you because I feel like we had this period of time in our lives that we spent on a bike and then we spent in black stretchy pants and it's been a while and you've been up to so many interesting things and it feels so appropriate to dive into this conversation. Here's where we're going to start. I feel like I can give you the intro. I mean, our friends have just heard how I know Alex and I want to know the story of Alex in any way that you want to share. And I'm totally stealing this from a recent podcast that I listened to with Brene Brown and Brene started her podcast and just said, tell me your story. And people were so thrown off guard and it's not meant to throw you off guard. It's just, what should we know about you and the journey that has brought you to today?
1: Yeah, great. So I'm Alex. I am an engineer. And the reason I guess I start with that is because that's really where my journey started. I grew up being a bit of a nerd, but also really artistic into music, but also into math and science and unsure of really where to bring that. I went into engineering, knowing that that would kind of bring me towards solving problems. You know, my young self said, okay, what's the area I could go into that would really help the world in some way. You know, I had big open eyes around that and I, I decided to study materials engineering. And um, the reason I did that at the time, I didn't know it was about innovation. I didn't know that was the thing that was exciting for me. I saw that phones and electronics were becoming so much longer lasting and smaller because of the materials and the batteries and the components and that we were increasing human mobility and longevity because we're coming up with these crazy new titanium alloys to put in the body to help mend the body and keep them moving for longer and new packaging materials and even solar cells, things like that. And it really kind of inspired me to go into that direction. And what I didn't know at the time was it was really about engineering, but it was really about creating newness in the world and delivering new value in a way that could be enduring and lasting. And that kind of led me down a path of product innovation which allowed me to work at some really great companies, Adidas and Lululemon and Canada Goose and BlackBerry, actually one my, my early days when it was a really fun thing to do and it was a really popular company and everyone had the latest BlackBerry phone. That's gonna age me right there. But I had the opportunity to work in all these great companies. And what I really learned about delivering innovation was that it's actually a really hard thing to do, even though it's something that was inspiring. I was seeing all these great examples in the world it's not something that there is a manual for or a playbook for. It's something that is very multidisciplinary and it's something that has kind of led me to where I am today to the point of your question. But, you know, I'm really passionate about delivery of innovation and, and driving newness to the world and the ways in which that, that can happen in companies, whether that be black stretchy pants or in a multitude of other ways that it can come to life. Uh, And I think we're in a very interesting time where innovation is so important and we we can actually see that happen in in, uh, faster and better ways through a number of different strategies. So that's where I'm at today. Worked for some great companies, super inspired by materials, big nerd, and creative all at the same time, wrapped in a bow. That's me.
0: Goodness, wrapped in a bow. And what's noteworthy is that you are coming to us from Toronto currently and have started your own innovation business I mean, we're going to save the playbook conversation for a little bit later because, spoiler, we did cross paths at Lululemon. And at that time, when you entered until you left, so much happened in the innovation space and you were responsible for so much. And well, first, let me ask you, what did you think that your greatest contribution while at Lululemon was?
1: I feel like the contribution I really had was around building the structures and the operational structure for innovation to be delivered within the organization. And so what I really love doing, and I think what people love seeing from me is how to take really complex problems and organizational structures and kind of being a bridge, bridging the gap between science and the theories and the inventions and what that actually means to a business and how to deliver that to a business and then to the consumer. And so kind of filling that space of the complexity of newness and then what the business needs and how to, how to bring those two together. So that would be, I think where my biggest contribution was and the thing that I kind of try and distill and bring forward to everything that I do.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, the reason I asked the question is because I didn't want to make assumptions that it was Important or special to you. And from the outside, what was always interesting to me was your team and you specifically, your ability to have patience through the process. Because I remember so many times you saying, Oh, we're working on this, and you were asking questions and you were so curious about things that would never come to life for two or three years. And along that journey, so many things were tried and tested and never came to life. And so it's almost like a resiliency battle that I don't think mm-hmm. is often talked about enough as it relates to innovation. And I want to know how do you flex or it's almost the Venn diagram that I see of the muscle of what is resiliency, what is curiosity and what is unattachment, because mm-hmm. these things seem to be, and I mean, surely you have others. It's just the external for those of us that are not engineers and innovation wizards, like you, how do you hone those to come along the journey? So that at the other end, I mean, I feel like there are so many things that happened at Lululemon when you weren't there and you were like, yes, I worked on that five years ago. And then you brought it to life.
1: Mm -hmm. I think the word that you said that is really critical is resilience. I think in terms of looking from the present forward, you have to take an iterative approach to solving problems, and whether that means looking at things in a new way. One thing that actually really inspired me, I saw online the other day, and it's something that's come up a million times, but it's the um, brick experiment channel from LEGO, and it's just a great analogy where you have a bunch of different pieces, and there's certain challenges that they put forth, and then they have these like programmable LEGO pieces. I'm getting into the nerdiness here, but basically they ask you to finish this challenge and. And you see people like do it in one way, change one component, change another component, and they keep failing, they keep failing, they keep failing, or then they succeed and the challenge changes and the start line changes or whatever they're trying to do changes. And they continue to change their approach based on what the challenge is, even though the challenge keeps changing. And I think that's a really good analogy for this idea of having an innovative mindset and the resilience that's required because the line keeps changing and the goal keeps changing so there's that piece around looking forward and taking an iterative approach to allow you to be resilient and have the grit required to actually be kind of in that innovation work so that's like from now forward from the other lens there's looking at the future and how, how to actually untether yourself from the past to actually get towards that future. And so it's looking at what, what is in the future? That is what we're trying to go towards. What's the trajectory we're trying to carve. And then just without any constraints, attaching yourself to that and allowing that to be the goal. So I think, you know, you you talk to me and it's like, Oh, we're working on this great thing. Oh, we're really focused on what we can create and what we can build, because that's really the only way to be focused on the delivery of something great rather than holding on to what exists today and the way that we've done things in the past. So I would say those are kind of some of the mindset things. And I'm really passionate about the mindset of innovation because I think ideas are one thing, but actually the term to innovate and actually be in that resilient work to deliver the future is kind of the game changer that I think a lot of companies and individuals and the world can learn from to actually create that positive change.
0: Okay. Yes. Mic drop. Let's go into innovation mindset and a quick tangent to Lego. What is mm-hmm. it about Lego that everyone deems or claims to be such an innovative company or space? Whenever someone's talking about the new nets or the brands they follow, Lego is always top of the list. What huh. is it about them?
1: I mean, the brand itself, I believe is going after challenges and problems that are relevant and they're culturally evolving as they should based on what's happening in the world. So that's one side. I think the other side, and the reason I used it in that that particular example is the product itself is a bunch of blocks that allow you to create. And so it's a great analogy for a product that is malleable and it can be whatever the user wants it to be which i think is something that a lot of companies and brands and products aspire to be imagine if you could create a juice that was everything to everyone i mean the alternative is making it yourself but it's a good analogy in that way because it's really like the pieces that allow you to create whatever Mm -hmm. you want to so from an innovation analogy standpoint it's a good one and they're, they're up to good things when it comes to feeding children's minds with things that can help them create a better future. So I think there's, there's a number of reasons why I think they're a good analogy and example of a company that demonstrates innovation.
0: Well, what I think is interesting that you just said is that they are looking to change children's minds and yet adults are the ones that I'm hearing about it from. And mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. even necessarily parents. So it's not like, oh, I want this for my children. It's this is really cool. This is Mm -hmm. game-changing. This is, you know, in some respects, it's the adults that want to play with the Lego. (laughs) That's always interesting as well to see sort of the generational gap that they're Mm -hmm. leaping over. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to innovation mindset. And I love this. And I love, love, love your perspective so much because as soon as you say, let go of the past to create the future, I can think of five companies off the top of my head that are not in any akin industries, yet all have the same foundational complaint, which is we don't want to lose our agility and what made us us. And we were fun and scrappy. And in order to grow, we will lose that scrappiness. And that's not even in relation to innovation. That's simply The conversation of how difficult it can be to unhook from the past. And Mm -hmm. we're only speaking in a business sense, though I'm sure it's applicable across the board. Tell me more about unhooking and unleashing potential and innovation mindset for creating a future.
1: Yeah, a good way to do that is to... Not use a business analogy at all. So let's get away from the Legos and the Teslas and the uh, all of the, all of the the analogies that that come up often. And this actually speaks to innovation mindsets, which is using various things to inspire thinking. And I think one place that I get a lot of inspiration is from nature and from humans. And in terms of cycles of life, in terms of having children and needing to have a cycle of life there in terms of forests burning down and having a cycle there in terms of how interconnected the human species is and the rebirth and the cycles that need to occur within that construct. I think that's a really great example when it comes to looking at needing to let go of the past and build a brand new future. So, I mean, right now, so I'm a a new-ish mom and I think that the analogy of childbirth, I guess just like really resonates with me. And I think of everything as innovation, but bringing a child, growing a human and growing it and nurturing it, developing it. And then you kind of have to release, you need to release it. And then they need to be able to survive on their own. I mean, with a little bit of help and we need to disattach. And that's something that humans do in a really powerful way, and I, the reason I bring that up is, I think humans are actually really inspiring. That's one aspect is bringing a child into this world. But at a more global stance, I think what's happened during this pandemic—I mean, I could go—I could go on for too long on this—but there's so much innovation that is brought forth by human ingenuity, and looking at that as an example those innovations and those changes and those cycles required us to untether from what existed before so when you become a mother you are no longer the person you were before when we emerge from a pandemic you're no longer the person that you were before when a forest regrows after it's burnt down it's no longer the forest that was before but there are tenants of what existed before that you can hold on to and kind of reinvent what the future needs to look like. And so I think it is possible to hold on to what existed, but also I think from an innovation mindset standpoint, the business and the work really is in letting go of what is not serving what the future could hold. And so whether that's a mindset or a culture or a business model or you know whatever that might be for that organization, this need to be agile you know what if you were to look at like what needs to be true for this future to exist and like how do you tether to that future rather than holding on to that concept of agility whether it's agility or something else mm-hmm. but that's where i feel like tethering to the future allows us to let go of the past a little bit and see what needs to be shed and it might be okay to shed in order for that future to be real and true and it's a little bit theoretical i hope that that resonates with people but i think that inspiration from humans and what we've done and what we're capable of doing is is a great place to start when it comes to business analogies as well.
0: I love that because I was actually going to ask you, who or where do you go for inspiration? And it's cool to know that humanity is serving as inspiration right now with no sense of jadedness. I think humans are also jerks that are responsible for some naughty things. And I think that, you know, mother earth is getting upset with us and is showing us that. And so while I think that we can be very smart, sometimes I look and I'm like, and we're really dumb. And that feels like a thing too. And I think often we look to certain people as the creative geniuses, and yet there's always either people behind beneath around them that are really uncovering things or certain people sharing a message or a point of view that's perhaps different or ultimately inspiring. And so, if I were to ask you, you know, you like your top three sources of <laughs>
1: inspiration,
0: be specific. I
1: I think for me, the idea of being inspired doesn't come from what you see in the news. I mean, if you look at the obvious places, you look at the the trend reports, you look at the news, what the top 10 innovations are or, or companies, those are all great sources of inspiration to know where the world is at from the world, from the general world's perspective. But for me personally, I get inspiration from learning about completely new ways of solving problems in industries that are completely separate from mine. And so I feel like there's a lot of really great things happening in the world in terms of where where do I look for inspiration? I'm constantly reading and looking at places that are not obvious. And so that can be sometimes taking time with my own thoughts and exploring my own views of the world and then challenging those views, I would say looking in completely different industries. So right now I am very into regenerative farming as like a concept for inspiration around everything that, that I'm kind of looking at. And that's not a really a new concept, it's not really something that is in the product space or the apparel space, but I find there's so much in the work that's happening there, how it's coming to life Who's working on it? It's become like a a bit of a grassroots, I guess, no pun intended, approach that is gaining a lot of traction. So, watching areas that are not even really adjacent to areas of focus is definitely somewhere that I'd like to look. And then, honestly, I would say sometimes reading fiction and looking at places where it's about creative inspiration sometimes can give us signals in the world around things that are happening and that might be exciting that are not necessarily data driven so i tend to lean into places and things and inspiration that's not in my direct line of sight or even peripheral view and Keeping different sources of inspiration coming in at all times, I would say, is how I get inspired. And I, I'm not sure if that fully answers your question. If you want some like examples of companies as well, I feel like I like to look at not the obvious big ones, but yeah, maybe I'll leave it there for now.
0: Perfect. I'm going to come back to you because I want specifics before we end this podcast, but I'm going to keep those to the end and force you to be super specific and rapid fire. Good. There's one question before that, though, and that's we would be remiss to not speak about your playbook and the mm. playbook that you have created and why you've created it and what can we count on from you with your innovation mm.
1: Yeah. So I have recently launched a business called Playbook for Innovation. And really, for me, this is a little bit of how I see the future of work as well, because I feel like taking this idea of innovation and actually distributing it in a way that is relevant for any company who is uh, wanting to push the envelope and come up with their own path and build their mindset and culture of innovation. I want to be able to provide tangible and actionable strategies and tools for those companies to be able to do so. The term playbook for innovation, it seems relatively Obviously, you know what you're getting, but I actually think that there's a lot more to it. So a playbook kind of seems like there's one playbook as if there was a manual and similar to, you know, maybe there's like a manual for, I don't know, parenthood or a manual for whatever it might be. If you actually look on Amazon, there's 50,000 options for innovation textbooks. It's something that it's almost too common And there's too many options, which kind of tells you that there's no one way of doing it. And so for me, based on my experience and based on everything I've been able to deliver to the world, I believe that there's a way to actually take exactly what the goals are for the company and build a unique playbook for them that meets their goals for the future. And that really looks at like a holistic perspective of short, medium, and long-term and allows them to be resilient and gritty and build the, the mindsets. And there is no right way.
0: I get it. (laughs) Let's change. New question. Who are three accounts that you follow on Instagram that you think are interesting and worth the follow?
1: Mm -hmm. I would say the World Economic Forum is looking at some really great stuff around the future. I follow a ton of sustainability channels. I think there's a lot of really great grassroots stuff that's happening out there. And a third I follow a lot of artists, which is super random again, as an engineer, because I feel like artists are great activists and sense makers of the future. So I feel like those are three categories. I don't know if I can name exactly what they are, but
0: that's awesome. That's so, so great. Okay. And then you mentioned the pandemic and you mentioned that we're going to come out of the pandemic as different people. And I, I want to know the three things that have been created during the pandemic or that you have seen come to life that you being the disruptor and the innovator that you are, you look and you're like, that was really cool. This company, this brand, this product was born out of the ashes. Who are they?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, I think I would be remiss not to call out the Vaccine, the mRNA vaccine that came out, that's that's probably the coolest thing to have witnessed in our time. I mean, outside of people's opinions of, of vaccines in general, the fact that we came together as a planet to build something like that was very inspiring. I think some interesting pivots around capabilities of supply chain and manufacturing so companies being like oh we can pause we can hold and we can change what we're doing seeing that happen across every industry whether it be alcohol to making hand sanitizer or garment factories making masks it really shows me like if we can do that you can do that for any anything so it's just about you know actually being intentional around what the future they want to create is and then I think the future of work is, is a really interesting and an ever evolving topic that I'm inspired by and inspired to see and has really impacted what I've decided to do in terms of career path.
0: Yeah, those are awesome. Okay, so I'm mindful that many of your projects are probably secret. Three projects that are in the world, and you would look at them in your rear view mirror of your career and say, I either started that, I contributed to that, my team did that, and that we would look at or hold or know because of you? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, the first project that I worked on at Adidas was the Boost Foam. And that's something that I played with a, a long time ago. And then I didn't see it come to life until five years later. And it was really, really awesome to see something like that come to market and and know that it's something that I, I worked on um, in a small way at the beginning. And then the other one was a bra project, the Enlight Bra at Lululemon. So that was so much fun because I felt like personally and professionally, I was able to have a real impact on the way women work out and how they felt supported when they worked out. So that was a really exciting one. And I would say in my most recent ventures, being able to build an innovation team that is so focused on delivery that I can't speak to all the things that are to come on the market, but things I'm really proud of are being able to build an innovation team that is kind of designed specifically for a company, specifically for a time, and is really hitting the ground running. So I think those are three that I'm excited about and proud of.
0: That's awesome. So cool. And our last question that we wrap every podcast with is, what is currently making your heartbeat faster, my friend?
1: I think so. Today is Black Friday and we're recording on a day where there's just so much interesting things happening online and people are, are buying all kinds of things. But I'm also seeing a really interesting trend of recommendations around sustainability. And uh, I think that is really the future of a lot of our industries is how we're making and creating breakthroughs around climate change. And although there's a lot of doom and gloom in the world, the thing that's keeping my heart beating right now is the solution spaces that exist from a grassroots standpoint and on a global scale. And I believe that from a humanity standpoint and a human ingenuity standpoint, there's so much opportunity and exciting things to come in the sustainability space.
0: That's amazing. I'm so glad that someone like you still holds hope. And (laughs) I think We come to you and we look to you for innovation. I think that the root of innovation is hope because you hang on to a future that we don't yet know. And that's so brilliant. What a birthright, what a birth gift that you give us all. I will make sure that there are links so people know how to reach you in the notes and thank you for your time. I can't wait to see what you innovate in 2022 even though I know I probably won't see it until 2030 or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks, Beth. Thanks, Alex.